Hey everyone, this is our Midweek Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. Um, Excited to be able to share this morning. Um, So... One of the things, there are many things that are really important to our church, many things that uh, we care about, Um, and there are several that we actually run on. This is the fuel that keeps our church moving, the fuel that keeps us energized moving forward. Uh, We're going to talk about one of those today, and that one is we protect unity. Unity matters in this church. When we say we're better together, we really mean it. Uh, we really mean uh, that things are better when we're actually lock in step with one another. We, we actually believe that we're stronger when we're all moving in the same direction. It's not just about being in, in the building with one another. It's not just about being in the same room. Uh, but we're actually better when we're on mission, when we're moving together. And this is not just our great idea. It's not just uh, something that we, we thought up. This is God's idea. This is God's idea. First uh, Corinthians 1.10. The words of Paul, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. I love that so much. Um, I love that. It's beautiful. Um, And even on top of that, Jesus in Scripture actually prays that we would be one, like he and the Father are one, Uh, a closeness, a connectedness, uh, a dependency, a mutual dependency on one another, mutual surrender to to one another, that we would have that. But we don't often see that. We don't often see it. Uh, Now, the thing is, with with unity, uh, the opposite of unity would be disunity or division. Now, those things don't just walk into church on a Sunday. Uh, disunity doesn't just walk in with a person on Sunday. Disunity, uh, where that actually begins is right here in our hearts. That's where it starts. That's actually where it begins. And I believe um, that we can uh, fight for, protect unity. The two ways that we need to do this, one, it starts with us, and then we look to others. Okay, so um, first thing, first thing. Division starts in the heart. We, we just talked, had an incredible Sunday a couple weeks ago. Uh, some of our pastors were talking about guard, uh, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life, for, uh, for out of it flow the issues of life. We, we, we get that part. We understand uh, that part. But there's actually more um, that is said about the heart. Matthew 15, 19, for from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Ouch, that does not feel good to anybody. It's like, really? That's in me? Um, Yeah, so according to Jesus, um, all of those things don't come from outside. They start here. They start within. So I I am not a gardener. I'm not a gardener. Um, But I have grown up around gardeners. My mom always had a garden. She invited me to come help, and sometimes if I wasn't too lazy, I would do so, and then I'd run off and have fun with my friends. Uh, But she always had a garden. She was always creating some kind of uh, botanical, majestic, you know, environment, um, trying to bring us back to Eden every single time. Um, And she would spend hours and hours, even to this day, I've seen her spend 12 hours out in the garden just trying to make it perfect, trying to make everything good. Um, But that's never stuck to me. Uh, I, I married uh, someone, Courtney, my wife, is, she loves um, having a beautiful garden, um, but it's really never stuck to me. I've never been excited about spending the time getting down in, in the dirt uh, and doing all the things that you need to do. And so we move into this new house. Um, both of my mother-in-laws come and unload all of their gardening majesty upon, uh, upon our home, uh, and it looks beautiful. It looks incredible. 
One day I'm walking by, and I notice, what's that sprouting up? Oh, okay, oh, that, that's, a, that's a weed. Hmm, that's not good. Go inside the house. Um, and then another time and another time. Um, and, and after a while, I started to notice there's a lot more green here than, than there should be. Um, I'm pretty positive we didn't plant all of these things. Now, now, a gardener, what a gardener does when a gardener sees that weeds are coming up, um, they recognize, I didn't plant that, and I don't actually want that to stay here. And so what they do, they assess the situation, and they, they see what doesn't belong, and they pluck it up. They pluck it out. That's what a gardener does. They take that time. Me, I think about it. I'm like, ooh, someone should really do something about these weeds. But then I move on, and I come back, and time and time again, more and more has grown that wasn't supposed to be there. I think we have to have this gardener mindset when it comes to our own hearts. When it comes to our own hearts, there are good things that God has planted inside of us that are supposed to grow, that are supposed to bloom and spread and take over the whole place. But there are other things that that try to grow inside of us that if we're not careful, will overrun the whole thing. We'll choke out the good growth, choke out the good life. And so I think we need to assess what's, what's in our hearts, uh, know what should be there, and pluck out what's not supposed to be there. That, that's, what, that's, what gardening, that's what that gardening mindset should look like within ourselves. And, and uh, because it's so easy, if we just put it off to tomorrow, put it off to another day. What happens? Uh, if it's a weed in the garden, that, that weed turns into three weeds. It turns into uh, an overrun garden in our own hearts. That starts with one wild thought. And that one wild thought becomes several wild thoughts. And those several wild thoughts become uh, a mindset that we have adopted. And that mindset uh, is a place where hurt, and, where hurt and, and, and pain and all of these things can come together and grow all of this horrible stuff that was never supposed to stay inside of our hearts. But if we were quick and we saw it, plucked it out immediately. If we saw it, plucked it out immediately. Then only the right things would grow within us. And this is how we garden. Psalm 51, 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. You see, David, when he wrote this, he was writing, singing, creating for an audience of one. This was his heart on display before God. He meant this. Create in me a clean heart, O God. A clean heart, oh God. This was his act of taking his, his heart before God, bearing it and saying, God, you know what's best. You know what belongs, you know what should grow, and you know what's got to go. Remove what's not good inside of me so that I can be loyal like you've called me to be loyal, like you've called me to be clean. This is why it matters what our time with Jesus looks like. This is why it matters that we spend that time. We say it all the time, but in our day-to-day, in our moment-to-moment, it's so easy for that to be on the back burner. But it's vital to our life. It's vital to our health. It's vital to to us being in line with the house that we've been called to, to have a clean heart, to be moment-by-moment in the same way that a gardener gets down in the dirt, on their knees, plucking out what does not belong. We need to get down on our knees and say, not just one time, creating me a clean heart. But this, this is a uh, beginning of the day, lunchtime, end of the day. This should always be on our lips. Because only God can keep us clean like we're, we're, like we're meant to be clean. This is why it matters that we're in the Word. Uh, there, there's the idea of being washed by the Word. There's a way that the Word of God uproots these things inside of us. As you read it, the thing that does not belong inside your heart, you start to feel it. Mm. 
Maybe that's not supposed to be there. God, would you pluck that out of me? God, would you keep me clean? God, would you keep me clean? David had this heart after God. He was known as, as a man after God's own heart. God said that about him. And I think it's because he was always on his knees saying, God, create in me something clean. Create in me something good. Renew me. Renew me. Make me new. Make me new. What if that was our attitude? What if we maintained that? What if that was our lifestyle? Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And we're never going to master that, but we start there, and then we look to others around us. We look to people uh, uh, around us. As leaders, we have to have uh, a gardener mindset for our own hearts, but also for the people in the world around us. Going to the zoo is awesome. Um, and my daughter loves to go see uh, the chimpanzees, see, see the monkeys. Um, and that can be either a really like disgusting experience or a really exciting experience, depending upon the day, depending upon the day. Uh, but one thing you see, whether you go to the zoo or you're watching like Planet Earth at home and some documentary about apes in the wild, there'll be these moments because uh, they live in community. They live in, in, in family units. You, you might see a mom with a couple of babies clutching to her back. Um, you know, the angry old silverback off to the side, just mean mugging everybody uh, like he doesn't care. But one thing you see as well is you see these moments where one comes to the other and starts picking through their skin, picking through their fur, and plucks something out and puts it in their mouth. That is a nasty moment because what that is, that's a tick or, or maybe some lice or some other kind of crawler. It's something disgusting. But what, what, what's happened now, it seems nasty. Breathe, everybody. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. That's not us, and that's not what I'm asking you to do. I don't want you digging anything out of anyone's hair and, and trying to go num-nummies. Sorry, I took it to another level. I apologize. But what's happening there is they're actually caring for one another. They're keeping one another healthy. They're removing things that, if left unchecked, could do some serious damage uh, to that ape or that chimpanzee. They're, they're pulling out things that, if, if left unchecked, could overrun their life and, and move them from being a place of, of comfort and health to a place of sickness and disorder. And what I love about that image is they're so close that they can see what's, what's crawling through the fur, what, what, what could go hidden at a distance. They're, they're so close uh, that they can see things that are moving and operating in, in yeah. other people's lives that should not be there. That is what the church is supposed to be. That's how close we're supposed to be. That's what God has called us to. That's why we have, that's, man, that's why we have connect groups. We have connect groups because the, the vision is to, to make friends, absolutely, but we don't stop there. That's base level. We make friends, but then we actually open up our hearts and lives to our friends. And as leaders, as leaders, uh, it, it, it's easy to get into a place where we're like, hey, you know what? I'm here for you. Um, what's going on in your life? What's happening in your world? You know, and that's great that it comes, you know, that they open up to us, but we've got to be ready to open up too as well. We've got to be ready to open up our lives as well. We're supposed to be so close with one another, with one another that God can do the real work, the real digging in in our lives and pulling out the things that don't belong because none of us are above this. We've all got something that's growing that shouldn't be growing. We've all got something uh, that's in with us that should not be in with us. It looks like James 5.16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
That's, that, that's, that's, that's opening up our lives, getting close and pulling out the things that don't belong. That's digging out the stuff out of, out of the dirt uh, that should not be growing there. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. Galatians 6.2, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. We were designed, this Christian community was designed not to just to be a pump-up squad and make one another feel good, but we're here to actually do the work of having clean hearts, of making sure that we have clean hearts, um, uh, right hearts toward one another, right hearts toward our spouses, our children, our jobs, our, our church family. And, and here's why this matters for unity. All it takes is for me to have a bad heart and not, not keep it clean. It, it starts with me. If my heart gets rotten, it looks good on the outside, but it's rotten on the inside. Uh, and, and then I am um, in charge of leading other people and their development in Christ Jesus. And what I duplicate in them is not my day-to-day, but the heart that I have. And I am teaching them to have disgusting hearts on the inside and look good on the outside. And then you, you create an army of people like that. They're all going their own way. They're all believing the worst about one another. No one wants to trust uh, the authority that God has placed over them. No one wants to trust trust the vision that God has given their pastor. This is what happens. This is what it looks like. And our discipleship matters. It matters. Because if we're going to hope to together move in the same direction, the right direction together, then we've got to make sure that we have our hearts good, that, that we can trust together, that we can believe in what God has for this house together, so that we can move and, and be willing to sacrifice together, say no to ourselves, deny ourselves together, so that we can move forward in surrender together. Our hearts have to be clean. Our hearts have to be right. This is what we're inviting people into. When you invite someone onto a serve team, this is what you're inviting someone into. When you invite someone to come to your connect group, this is what we're inviting people into. Maybe, maybe we don't say at the door, hey, I want to dig into your life and pull out all the nasty bugs in your heart. No, it, it doesn't start that way, but it should grow to that place. It should move to that place. We protect unity, and we do so by guarding our hearts and guarding the hearts of others. Hey church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.